Hi, this is Rod Rorick. Welcome back to Rorick Knows Podcast, helping you become a better you, and today, a more educated you about you, your anatomy, your face, your body, and nowhere can you find a better person to talk about this than a superb anatomist, Dr. Sebastian Cotofano, who's a professor of anatomy at the Mayo Clinic. Sebastian, welcome. Thank you very much, Rod, for having me. It's a great pleasure to join you here for this podcast. Yeah, it's great. Dr. Cotofano is, is an amazing anatomist. You know, we've done a lot of educational things together to educate physicians, extenders about safety all over the face. And, and I think uh, I really like how he makes things simple. So I thought it'd be intriguing to help you understand your, your facial anatomy, your facial, um, how you animate and how we age. So I think we just want, let's just dive right in. And I think it's good for you to understand you and your body because in, if you don't understand your body, you can't make your body better because your body is, it's part of you. It's who you are. So Sebastian, tell us about, you know, the face. I mean, how many true muscles are there in the face that really animate and make you look happy and sad? And, and what have we learned from that when we when we look like we're sad, our brain tells us we're sad, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and this is this is based a lot on the work that we did together as researchers and educators, because we found out that um, that muscles in the face they they are there for moving the skin. Right. All of the other muscles in our body are there to move joints, to move us, to move the legs, to move the arms, to move the head. But in the face, the muscles are there to express emotions. So when we are angry, <clears throat> a specific amount of muscles is contracting and then this appears as an angry facial expression. Like, for instance, the yeah. eyebrows move inwards and down. So we look angry or when we're happy, the corners of the mouth go up and all of these movements, well, they are affected by facial muscles. Right. So when we're like when we're sad or look sad. I mean, our brain tells us, well, you know what? Our, our muscles are looking sad, so we're going to be sad. And that's not a good thing. So the good thing is you can neuromodulate that with Botox. You know, it's a generic way for a neuromodulator and you know tell us about that that an amazing study that actually shows that botox can actually help reduce your de depression because it make you, makes you look less sad or even happy yeah that's that's so interesting because because normally we have a internal feeling and then based on that feeling the brain directs our muscles to have the face represent that specific facial expression. So when we are angry, the brain tells the facial muscles, well, you need to contract in this way, and then the face appears to be angry. But what is amazing is it works the same way backwards. Right. For instance, when um, the muscles that are there responsible for looking angry and we block the activity of those muscles with Botox, with one of these neuromodulators um, that you just mentioned, then these muscles cannot look angry. And then the brain thinks, oh, the muscles are not angry, so let's be happy. And this has been shown in various studies. And in addition to this, it, it was it was a very interesting study um, from um, from uh, from some countries um, that collaborated on this one. What they did, they had a pencil and they put the pencil into the mouth, which pushed the corners of the mouth more upwards and more backwards. So, and when they were asked to rate their feelings, they rated them more happy. But not <laughs> when they had the pencil they in their mouth. Yeah, really. Yeah, there was a pencil. They put the pencil into the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, because your brain said, okay, I must be happy, right? That's, yes, that's exactly. amazing. It's amazing. Because, because that facial expression is actually done when you are happy. So you can kind of, you can induce feelings by facial expressions. And this is called the embodiment of emotion theory. And it really works. So with what happens in a face, how you influence this, in this way, you can kind of influence how you feel. So when, when some people say, well, you need to smile more often during the day, there's something truth to this because you smile, you activate your muscles, and even if you're not happy, you activate those muscles, you induce that feeling in your brain, which right. is amazing. It is amazing. And you know, I, I get patients all the time, you know, I inject Botox every day and fillers. You know, they come in and they come in every three months and a lot of them come in because they say, you know, I know when it's time for Botox because people say I look tired and I look sad and I'm not. So they go and they go and they get Botox or, or, and then all of a sudden they say, you know what, I feel good. And now patients, people always say I look good because my brows are up, I'm no, I'm no longer frowning. So it is, it's amazing how it works in, in reverse as well. So it truly does work. And we've been encouraging the companies to actually do a clinical study. And I think they've been on the verge of, of doing a clinical study to show that a neuromodulator can modulate and help with depression. I mean, wouldn't that be great? It's sure better than shock therapy. And also you look better too, right? It's pretty amazing. It's, it's funny. So you can actually t tell your spouse, no, I'm not getting Botox. I'm just getting it because I want to make myself feel better. <laughs> so Sebastian, let's, let's take a deep dive and, and kind of show me these muscles. I, you know, you want to see what your muscles are like. So let's take a look at them. You want to share your screen with us? And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I will, um, for this, I will share my screen right now. For instance, this is one of the schematic illustrations that was even selected as a as a cover image for a pre pretty prestigious journal, which <laughs> you know very well. And the interesting thing about this was it shows what happens in the forehead. In a forehead, there's one big muscle, um, and that's this red line here. And that muscle, because it's located in the forehead, it's called frontalis muscle, because it's located in the forehead. And this right. muscle can move um, the overlying skin. And what happens now is, with many research projects, we found out that by understanding that movement of that muscle, which we can use kind of with a little bit of more sophisticated methods, we can identify how we can tell clinicians where to inject because right. the muscle affects certain movements of the skin and the doctor, they can find out in which direction the skin is moving and then they can treat better by just understanding this. For instance, here, kind of a movement more towards the ears indicates you need to treat more towards lateral, which is very interesting. And for instance, here there was another study which we did, which showed actually that the, the upper part of the forehead is moving different than the lower part of the forehead. And right. this also can guide your treatment. And this for physicians, it means that they can treat significantly safer. They can increase safety by just understanding the anatomy. And for instance, if you look into these pictures, you can see that the lower aspect of the forehead is just moving different than the upper aspect of the forehead. And this can absolutely increase safety and can guide clinical practice. Right, and this is amazing because what, what Sebastian's saying, it's really trans how we inject Botox. And this is all some of the innovative stuff that actually Sebastian has done with his colleagues. It, it's a fantastic study and was published in the White Journal, Journal of Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery. And basically it shows that in the past people were afraid to 
to inject anywhere in the forehead, but if you inject in that upper third, that's where the, the scalp is moving forward, correct? And so it's, it actually helps soften it and soften those wrinkles and doesn't drop your forehead and drop your eyebrows. So, you know, again, it's all about animation. Animation in, in the face is very important. And the, the muscles in the face really are expression of who and what we are internally. I, I think that's fascinating. Yeah, and for instance, if a lot of people, when they think about anatomy and anatomy professors, they always think, oh, they're old and boring and they work in dark, cold cellars. It's not the case. And anatomy is, is so much more alive. It's vivid and it's evolving. And we talked about these things on the forehead. But just if you look now into my forehead, look what happens right. with my hairline. Right. It goes down. Exactly. It's amazing. And, 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 and if, you look, if you look in all anatomy books, this muscle here is always described as just elevating the eyebrows. But recent research has shown actually it moves like this. Look at this again. I know. It's great. So the eye only sees what the mind knows. See, now that the mind knows is more, more instructed and smarter because of what you wrote, we see it all the time. I talk to my fellows about that all the time. They say, oh, I didn't know that because the eye only sees what the mind knows. So you got to read and you got to live it and breathe it and do it. And this is what we're helping you become a more educated you about you when you're getting Botox or fillers or anything. But basically, you have to understand your own face, your own body. Because if you don't know your anatomy, you can take better care of yourself. If you know more things about you, it's kind of like knowing your car. If you know what your car is like on the inside, you can actually take better care of it, don't you think? Yeah. Absolutely. And absolutely. And and the interesting thing is the face is the way how we communicate with others, not only the voice. We also have nonverbal communication. So that means by just raising a little bit the eyebrow, the person in front of you knows immediately if you're suspicious or not. Or if you just move a little bit the corner of the mouth, immediately the person knows if you're smiling, if you're happy, if you're even smirking a little bit. And this all is affected by anatomy, by just small muscles below the skin in the face. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's fa so let's go and talk a little bit more about, you know, as we age, you know, everybody, as we age, you know, we go from, you know, you know our body ages, but our face ages very, very metric. I mean, it, it ages in a certain specific way. So tell us about that, you know, show us from, from a youthful, it's not just the skin that sags, it's all the deep layers, the fat, the muscles, and share with us how, how that happens and help, it helps people understand what they can do to look as good as they feel short and long term yeah. yeah this is this is so interesting when we talk about facial aging um there's there's unfortunately very bad news to this and that means aging is irreversible right you cannot turn back the time this is unfortunately one of the constant features of of our uh existence but now wait, except with plastic surgery you can <laughs> Temporarily. No. Okay. But I mean, what, what you can influence, and this is where plastic surgery comes in, is how aging presents to all of us. Right. Because you know how it is, um, when you see someone after a very long time, you don't say, oh, you are so much younger. No, you don't say that. You always say, you look so much younger. Exactly. And, and also, to help you understand this, so if you're a plastic surgeon and you've got to know these concepts because if you don't know the anatomy then you'll do things that will distort the anatomy and make you look weird that's why you see so many you know hollywood p people that look weird and different because you know we're supposed to p keep people looking similar but youthful not like somebody else or a different you know a different person 
Yeah, a better version of themselves, not a better version of someone other. Exactly. You know, we want to make sure you stay your own in your own species, Homo sapien. So, yeah. all right. So show me. And, so let's let's look at some of that. Let's look at some. Yeah. So so before I start to share again uh, some of the pictures, I would like to show this in in my in my example. So when I take off my glasses, yeah. For instance, you can see these folds here, right. nasolabial folds. This is how we call them because it's from between the nose and the lips, so nasolabial. Right. And um and these folds, everybody has those folds, even right. babies, everybody has those folds. But in some individuals, this fold is much more prominent. And unfortunately, this is something that tells you about the age of the person. And I would like to show you a little bit of an example. When I'm pushing down here, now I'm looking significantly older because this fold right. here is much deeper now. And now, now I'm looking younger. Right. Old, young, right. old, young. And this is just because I'm moving a little bit of my facial soft tissues. This is how we call it, everything that's located above the bone. And what we're actually moving is fat. We're just moving different layers of fat that's below the skin. And I would like to show you now how this um, fat um, looks like in this um, in this instance. If you look at, at, the, at the fat that is located below the skin, and this is a schematic drawing, um, and this here, this is the skin, and below the skin, we have a superficial layer of fat, and then we have a deep layer of fat. So we have two layers of fat, and how it is, these layers of fat can glide against each other. Right. Now think about what happens um, with the nasolabial fold. They just glide towards the fold and then increase kind of the way um, how the fold looks like. But then the question is, why do they glide? And the idea is because it just disappears. The fat disappears, it resolves, it moves into other parts of the body. And the way to best understand it is like this. The fat below the skin when we're young, it looks like grapes. They're full of volume, they're nicely round shaped, they're actually where they are. And when we're getting older, we lose that volume. And then <laughs> the fat can be imagined that it looks like raisins. So <laughs> it doesn't mean that every one of us has raisins under the skin, but it's kind of like how we can illustrate how the fat kind of changes over time, which is during the process of aging. And it's not only the soft tissues that overlie the bone, but it's also the bone itself. Right. For instance, this is um, a CT um, image with computer tomography that we obtained from a department of radiology. And this is um, the CT image where the bone are only vis visible from a young individual and this is from an older individual. And you can see the different changes. And the most prominent change is here down on the mandible. You can see on the mandible here because the areas where the teeth are located is just missing. And this is one of the features that happens during aging. We just lose bone support, we lose bony soft tissues. And I think this is really important to understand and to relate those things to each other. And how does it, what does it actually mean? And how does it reflect um, in aging? And let me give you another example. The bone can be compared to a table to just a stable, a wooden table. Right. And the overlying fat and the soft tissue, so everything that moves in my face, can be imagined like the respective table cloth that sits over that respective wooden table. Now with the process of facial aging, the bone becomes smaller and resorbs. This is what happens. You've seen that in the radiological images previously. And then the table, the wooden table, 
starts to shrink, to become smaller and smaller. This is the process of aging. But now what happens to the tablecloth? The tablecloth does not change in size. Just in relationship, it looks larger. The tablecloth suddenly starts to touch the ground. It starts to look much, much larger than it should be in the beginning. So there's a disproportion between the bone, which are considered the hard tissues of the face, right. and the overlying fat, which are considered the soft tissues. So there's a mismatch. Right. And then we have again, here look at Bionese labial fold. A tablecloth that is too large, that wants to sink down, that doesn't have enough support. And right. this is this is the understanding that we have how facial aging happens. And this is where plastic surgery comes in. This is where plastic surgery right. helps to redrape, to reposition those areas, to make the tablecloth fit again the wooden table. Right. And this is how anatomy can help us. And this is how the understanding of the face and of facial aging can guide the procedures, actually. Right. And it's so important because, you know, it's really the science of aging. If you as a plastic surgeon do cosmetic surgery of the face, if you don't understand what Sebastian just said, then you really can't reproduce that in restoring a youthful face. That's when you get distorted faces. You know, and the hallmark have been that's that intervening layer from the bone to the skin. And those are the fat compartments, which, you know, we've described in 2007. And you actually showed As those. You described them for the first time to make this clear to the audience. He is a pioneer in this. Yeah. And I just would like to mention, when I was a little, little young, young resident, I started to learn about facial anatomy and I started learning scientific papers. And there was was some hallmark papers amongst one person here in this podcast was the author, and that was Dr. Rorick. He was writing those papers from which I was learning when I was little residents. Well, it was fun. And, you know, we all give back and we love we loved teaching and learning. And, you know, you've really taken it to the next level. And, and I think it's so important to understand that. It's not just the sagging skin. It's all the deep layers. And so, in, so show us what those deep layers are as you go down now. These are, they're not necessarily graphic, but they really help you understand your face. So let's go and take a deep dive into that. So for this, I also um, prepared um, some images here. So this is, for instance, here where you can see again the bone. This is yes. how the bone yeah. looks like of those respective areas. But what happens when um, you just look at the face from an radiological image? And this is how um, this looks like here. So this is kind of like how um, a face looks like when you do a CT scan. It's right. just a face with the respective folds and the soft tissues. Right. You can see here the nasolabial fold indicated by the red arrows. And then you have the so-called labiomandibular fold, also referred to as the marionette lines or the sad face lines or the nutcracker lines. All of them are located in this area. And then you have this other fold, which is located below the skin, which sometimes indicates the double chin. So this is kind of the folds that you have. But this is only on the skin surface. What happens if we remove all of these soft tissues, right? right? So this is kind of the first layer. You remove the skin, and then you can see a lot of fat um, and facial muscles already below the skin. And if right. you move forward, you remove layer by layer. You remove more of the soft tissues. You can identify the facial muscles. You can see muscles which help you to chew in the lateral aspect here. Right. This is the massive, massive. muscle or the temporalis, they are very important for chewing, for uh, masticating. And then you move downwards, you remove all of the structures, you end up again with the underlying bone and with the respective age-related features. And if we, if we move backwards, we just put all of the soft tissues back 
And this ends up again with the face, how we see right. it. But as physicians, as plastic surgeons, you need to be able to look through the skin, almost like a like an X-ray beam view through the face right. to understand what lies below the skin. And this illustration here helps us kind of to focus on what is important and to decode the respective structures, which I think is really crucial because when we look into people's faces, we need to decode what we see. We need to decode, understand why is that, why is that. And only with the understanding of the why, we can treat perfectly as Dr. Rorick is doing it and his whole career was a pioneer in all of these things that he came up with. Yeah. That, that's brilliant, Sebastian, because you're, you're so right. You know, when I look at somebody's face, I look at their aging, I look at all of their facial structures going to the bone because as a surgeon, not only you have to be an anatomist, but you also have to know how to do things safely. Which parts of the of those deep layers called the SMAS that you can alter and lift, and then which compartments you can fill that really will give you that useful face to soften that nasolabial fold. So those are all the things that are intricate. So you have to understand anatomy, the science of aging, and then put it together in, in a surgical procedure to do it safely. You know, the, it's called a modern facelift, the lift and fill, the deep layer SMAS facelift something that's very very uh, safe but also gives you a good outcome and and I, I think it's brilliant what you've done Sebastian and I and I congratulate you for for all the things you've done and continue to do so in closing what what are the take-home comments for the consumer that they must know about anatomy not only about their face their body but also how they age I mean what are what are the take-home points that each of us needs to know about us to help become more educated about who and what we are. I think I think the most important feature for everyone out there is to know that whatever happens to the face, each line, each wrinkle, whatever happens to the face, th there is a reason why it happens. Either during process of aging or when we look angry, there is a reason why. And anatomy can help us to decode that reason and then to treat, to treat to help the patients to understand why the anatomy is different and how to bring the anatomy back how it was before. Because this is what we like to do. We like to help, we like to improve. And um, the anatomy can be a very great guide for this one. The anatomy can be a guide like a GPS. I agree. And, and again, I would like to end with a with a um, interesting example. For instance, when um, some people, they don't know anatomy, so they always, um, they need to ask, they need to look, they kind of, they don't really know. It's very similar when you are in a city where you've never driven before, you want to get from point A to B, but you use your GPS, right? right? You use your GPS and that guides you, but you will never kind of find the smaller streets, the hidden pathways, right? You never do this, but when you're in a city in which you grew up, you don't need a GPS. You know exactly what to do. You know exactly how to get from A to B. And this is how anatomy is. You get exactly what you want to do because you know you're confident, you know all of these things, and this is what anatomy is. It's a great guide. Yep, and I agree, and I, you couldn't have said it better. And and all of us need to understand that. You don't, you don't have to be a physician or anatomist. We all should understand that because it'll help us understand us, us better, and help you know educate you about becoming a better you. And I, I agree. And you know, your face is the code to all that's within you, you know. And so you want to be able to understand how you look, how you feel, because they're so intricately interrelated. So, 
Sebastian, thank you so much. That was absolutely phenomenal. Thank you. I really appreciate uh, you so much. Please give us your comments, your thoughts for this amazing podcast on helping you understand you to be a better you through your face, through your anatomy. Thank you again, Sebastian. Thank you for having me. You bet.